0: We Are the Church, that's the series that we're in right now. And last week, uh, Pastor Tom shared with us the first of nine let us in the book of Hebrews. And he reminded us that the author was addressing these new believers, wanting them to guard their faith. And he said to them, let us be careful Careful of what? That we don't miss all that God is inviting us into. So, what is God inviting us into, church? What has He called us to be together? Today, we're going to continue in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 4, reading verses 14 through 16. That is why we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us in the time of need. Wow. What's not to love? Let's look at the couple of verses before that. 12 and 13. For the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. Nothing in all creation can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. Exposes us for what we really are. Nothing in all creation can hide from him. I kind of have a knee-jerk reaction to that. So it exposes what's really in here, and nothing can hide. And I have a knee-jerk response to that, but I'm not the only one. All the way back from the beginning, when we meet Adam and Eve, and they disobey God's command, what do they do? They have a knee-jerk response, and they hide. They don't want to be seen by God. And later in the New Testament, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, he comes at night because he doesn't want to be seen by the others during the day. He comes to Jesus at night. And at the end of their conversation, Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, Their judgment is based on this fact. The light from heaven came into the world, but they loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. They hate the light because they want to sin in the darkness. They stay away from the light for fear their sins will be exposed and they'll be punished. But those who do what is right... Come to the light gladly so everyone can see that they're doing what God wants. They hide from the light. Can I just say this? Our natural human response is to hide, not to come boldly. But don't we want to receive grace? Isn't that the best thing in the whole entire world? To receive grace? To receive forgiveness? What's better than that? Several years ago, actually, I think 20 years ago, I had an experience of how little I actually want grace. There were three of us women who were very good friends, and sometimes we would spend time together, the three of us together, sometimes two of us at a time. And one of the times that I was with one of the friends, I said some very unkind things about the other friend. A couple of weeks later, I remember very clearly where I was sitting. I was sitting on the couch in our living room, and I got a phone call. And it was the friend who had spoken unkindly about. And she said to me, Hannah, I heard that you said these things about me. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Well, my husband and I were wondering if, we would come, if you would come over tomorrow, we would like to sit down with you. So I went, I sat with them in their living room, and we cried. And I said, I am so sorry. And you know what they did? They said, Hannah, we love you, we forgive you. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to say, can you just beat me down first? I can't stand it. Why? Because I don't want to be that bad. I don't want to be that person who needs forgiveness. I don't want that person who needs grace. So when it says, come boldly to the throne of God, it sounds amazing, but there's something in me that hesitates. I know I need it, but in some ways I would rather have the verse read Let me, not us, come alone, quietly, full of shame, to the throne of grace. Kinda like hiding and coming at the same time. I've come to appreciate the voice of the former North Park University chaplain, Pastor Judy. And this is one of her, from her one of her recent posts. And she says, Shadows are only visible in the presence of light. And if we remain in the dark, we will never see our shadow. And she goes on to say, God's unconditional love shamelessly brings our shadows into the light so that we can finally be honest that we have them. That they do indeed bear witness to the actual contours of our embodied life and that others have in fact been overshadowed by our lack of awareness. This is true for everyone. My shadows aren't just mine between me and God. They greatly affect others in my life. And I really hate that that's true. This fall, Some things from my past came into the light and they exposed to me how much my fears had hugely contributed to the pain and hurt and wounds of somebody that I love very much. When I was confronted with that, I almost couldn't live with that, that that was true. It was really tempting to think about the past and thinking about, you know what, I just didn't know any better. Maybe I did the best I could Maybe I didn't mean to. Maybe I had good motives. Can I just make clear right now to you, fear is never a good motive. Fear is never a good motive. And the truth is, I wasn't honest about my fears. They were not brought into the light. So instead, my shadow hurt someone I loved very much. When this was first brought into the light, My first instinct was not to come boldly to the throne of grace. Just take me out right now, really. So what has slowly gotten me there? I hope you caught Hebrews 4. Verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. He understands my weaknesses. He never thought I was perfect. He never thought that I wouldn't be casting a shadow. That's why I need His grace. For me to acknowledge the honest truth about the pain I have caused doesn't mean I need to carry the shame or to hide but hopefully it will bring with it a humility in my walk. It reminds me a little bit of the story of Jacob and Esau after Jacob had stolen his twin brother's birthright and had to flee for his life. And the two of them were apart for many years, but before they came together years later and were reconciled, Jacob had an encounter with God and he wrestled with God and God changed his name from Jacob, meaning the deceiver, to Israel, one who's wrestled with God. And after that encounter, Jacob walked with a limp. walking with a limp for me is a constant reminder of the truth of my humanity and my great need for god i love how this series started out with peter's declaration of who jesus is the messiah the son of god the son of the living god and on this rock Jesus said, I will build my church. And yet, I don't know if you remember, but G- Peter's very first encounter with Jesus was quite different than that. It was back when Jesus was first calling his disciples and he saw Peter and his buddies out in the boat. And in Luke 5:8. They had been out all night. You know the story, hadn't caught anything. And Jesus tells them to throw the net over on the other side and they get all these fish. And this is Peter's response. Luke 5 and verse 8. Oh, Lord. No, first, when when Simon Peter realized what had happened, He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around me, to be around you. In another translation says, go away from me. I am a sinful man. I wanna hide, I can't stand it. You are way too much for me. That was Peter's response, his first response. We know the story so well of how Peter, after declaring who Jesus was, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Shortly after that, Peter went on to deny that he even knew him. Can you even imagine? Can you imagine what that must have been like for Peter? Peter? And he had just told Jesus right before that, I will do anything for you, I would even die for you. I am so much better than that, Jesus. And then he denied that he even knew me. Talk about, okay, maybe God would forgive me, but I can never forgive myself. It's gotta be the ultimate. But you know what? Peter had walked with Jesus for three years. And even though it got really messy for Peter, what he had come to know was the unconditional love of Jesus, the one who understands our weaknesses. So when Peter, after the resurrection, encounters Jesus again. It's so interesting because it's almost the same story. They were out fishing. They had gone back fishing. And Jesus is on the shore. And they hadn't caught anything. And Jesus asked them to throw out the net on the other side. And this time, this is Peter's response in John 21, verse 7. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and swam ashore. Peter ran boldly. He ran boldly jumped into the water, into the throne of grace. Let's just focus a few minutes on the let us part. How aware do you think the other guys, the other disciples were of of Peter's failure? I'm sure they were quite aware. And I wonder, as Peter stepped into leadership in the early church, how much this humility of openly receiving grace from both Jesus and his buddies was to the power of that early church. Peter walked with a limp. Pastor Judy writes We all have a shadow. This we all have a shadow side that contours of which we generally try to keep from public viewing. This makes sense when we're abundantly aware of the unkindness of the public. Shoot we're even ungracious with one another's lighter sides. Unless we're assured of a love that loves beyond all condition, there will remain a reasonable fear that the revelation of our shadows will also reveal the conditional love of, the, of those to whom our shadow is revealed. This church is the challenge to us. Are we conditionally loving each other? Have we set up a standard of rightness that has made us unsafe for each other? I have. My family can attest to that. I have not always been a safe place, full of grace. This is the call to us if we want to be the church to step into the light together, not alone, together, exposing what is. So we together can come boldly to the throne of grace. And what will we receive there? Mercy. We will receive mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it. Oh, we need grace. Oh, we need mercy. We need healing. And I'll close with this verse from James. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other. Step into the light together and pray for each other. Stand with each other that we may be healed. Let us have the courage to be that to each other, to be the church. Let's pray. Father, wherever we are, we're in your presence. And your presence is light. Father, I pray that this morning we would not hide I pray that this morning, God, that we would have the courage to sit in the light together. To even remind us this morning, God, if there's somebody that we just need to go and sit in the light with, that there's just been stuff that we're hiding, we're trying to be so good. But God, I thank you I thank you that you see us and that you are familiar and you know our weaknesses and you're not embarrassed by them. You just want us to come running together with all our stuff to the throne of grace. Father, I pray for healing this morning. I pray for courage to sit with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.